It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Lovex Scarves, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elliot Barnes, is joined me as two men that can probably defend better on set pieces and clearances. It's Shadir and Matt. How are you guys doing? Uh, hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, I'll be right back. I gotta you know, uh, wash all this butter off my hands. <laughs> Oh God! It hurts. Two goalkeepers, man. Oh. Yeah. I look. If there's any game you want to show to like fans of the game, it's not this game for goalkeeping wise. Like this, this had howlers written all over it. Um, it was not a good game. Not a good game. Um, we're recording this right after the game. Oh yeah. So. uh <laughs> We got all the anger out of us some way. It might be a little bit of anger that sneaks into the podcast, but oh, still it wasn't. Anger. But um, before we head into our review of the game and upcoming game for this week, uh, first of all, we're going to give our respects to uh, Coach Bulow, former coach and player of the Richmond Kickers. Um, for all of those who don't know, he suffered a stroke and fell down the flight of steps. Uh, this past week, and he's in intensive care right now. So I thought some prayers go out with him. There will be a link to his GoFundMe. I think the last time I checked, correct me wrong, guys, is over um, $80,000. Yeah, 82107 as of right now. Yeah, so um, definitely I think the goal for all of us is at least get that over to the 100000 mark. But, yeah, I thought some prayers goes out for Coach. Um, I'm going to be quiet right now and let you guys say any words. Um, did you have about Coach Bulo? Um, I mean, Bulo, I, I know him not only as the head coach for the Richmond Kickers, but as a fellow youth Richmond Kickers uh, coach. Uh, when I was coaching for the Kickers, there were a lot of times that we came across each other. He's an awesome guy. Um, he's he's just he, – he brings life into any environment he's in he's 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 a wonderful guy and and watching him coach i've learned a lot from him watching him coach uh watching the players that he's coached and how they've developed and it's just it it really hit me as a shocker on when i found out on monday um to find out what happened um i i i pray for him and i pray that he he comes out of this okay and that we'll see him again out there coaching somewhere one day yeah i mean he's just, he's one of the you know nice guys i mean it's you know overused term a lot of times uh but yeah think you know think about this you know there's a, you run into a lot of you know players you know over the years and you know sometimes you know they'll uh you put on you know the, the smiley face after a game or whatever but you can also tell Sometimes they're 
you know, they're you know, doing the fan service because they're told they have to and not necessarily because they want to. Uh, you know, Velo is never that way. He wasn't that way as you know, a player. Like, you know, as soon as he got here, uh, you know, the first time around in 2006, you know, he you know, took to the fans in the stands. Uh, you know, he's a little bit of a showman on the field you know, as well. So he definitely won fans you know, quickly you know, that way. But you, know, you could tell he actually enjoyed those interactions. You, know, you think back, uh, you know, when he was you know, coaching, you know, he would go out, you know, go out of his way to come over to the tailgates and everything. He didn't have to do that. You know, he didn't you, know, you know, need to you know, take time out of, uh, you know, the pregame to, you know, come see how fans were doing. Uh, you know, he didn't have to, you know, co- you know, come over, you know, post game and, you know, after some of those, you know, bad losses, you know, basically apologize, you know, for, hey, you know, sorry guys, we'll try to do better. You don't have to do that, but you chose to do that, you know, still. And uh, you know, the last time I ran into him was last preseason. You know, he wasn't with the team anymore. And he was still out there at, you know, preseason game kind of watching because, you know, that's what he enjoys you know, doing. He wanted to see how, you know, the guys were doing and everything. And, you know, he's talking to, you know, some of us there, uh, you know, just you know, being one of the guys. So, you know, good guy, you know, uh, you know, Obviously, you never want to see this happen to anybody. Uh, you know, but I'm, just, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend like I know what all goes into you know any of this. But I'm you know hoping he comes out uh, you know the good side of this, and we'll see him you know back around town with uh, you know good upbeat you know smile on his face pretty soon, soon too. And uh, hopefully, he'll be able to see us wearing uh, the, the Arsenal looking jerseys because uh, you know he got a kick out of that when he saw us. Yeah, he most definitely did. I think one of my fondest memories of, of Coach Bulo is when um, the first city derby was in Richmond and he had on the Kente cloth uh, dress shirt. And I was like, oh, this guy gets it. But, like, if there's anyone that corpses Richmond and you soccer here in the RBA area, it's definitely Coach Bulo. So, once again, our thoughts goes out to him and we wish him all the best and a speedy recovery. Um, so with that being said, guys, are you guys uh, a little bit better to talk about this disappointing game that we had? <laughs> there was a game today. <laughs> Look, we just go put it out there. The entire DMV, for those who don't know what the DMV is, that's Maryland, uh, D.C., and Virginia, took L's the entire weekend. D.C. United lost 4-1. Loudoun United lost 2-1. Richmond lost. Maryland Bobcats lost. Maryland University loss, UVA loss. It was bad. Okay, it was bad across the entire region. Look, bad weekend for the DMV. Look, all, all I'm going to you know, say before we get into the game is that if your fellow Manchester United fans were really true fans, they would have stormed Beckham Stadium too and ruined that you know, place, just like you know, they shut down the game over in England today. So really, it's Manny's fault. That's what it, I think. That's really the, the honest assessment of all this, and we can definitely <laughs> that. Yeah, that man, that was something. Um, so first of all, before we go into this game, let's let's talk about this lineup, man. Like this, we were all a little bit shocked. Um, because at first I was trying to figure out who a visa was. I was like, this is a fullback. Like, it's just someone new. And then I forgot all about like, oh. Wait, this isn't Akira. This is the goalkeeper, and that tells you how long Akira has been in between those sticks for Richmond. Like, I think this is his first, his first game. He hasn't started what almost a year, a year and a half, right? Yeah, the last one was the uh, last Toronto game in 2019 when Rice played. Yeah, yeah. So that lets you know, like, how long Akira has been a forefront. So, look. 
I know on Twitter we were going to give it out if he's a hard time, rightfully so. Like he did not have a good game, he did not have a good debut. But I I do feel as if if Akira's in this game, one, the defense is a lot sturdier. Um, and also I feel like the two shots that he had, Akira holds on to those, man. But uh, we'll talk about those when we get more into the game. But also we also had um Alex getting his start out on the right wing. Um and that was pretty much it. That, that was all the changes we had. We also have a bone also come in, in as a right back. I um, have been, uh, in for Victor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vignoles also came in getting his debut. Um, any surprises to you guys about this starting lineup? Um, for me, I I liked what I saw from Vignoles when he came on at the end of the Greenville game. But from what I saw today, it didn't it didn't feel like that worked very well. And not that he didn't do well, but it he didn't fit with that system. Um, and I think I I, I personally, if Vignal was going to come in, it would have been to push Terzaghi up. So when I saw him sharing the midfield with Terzaghi, I I started to smell a little bit of smoke. I tried to, and I said, okay, uh, I guess it's going to be okay. But it's as I, as I had suspected, it looked, it, it was not a good matchup. It didn't balance out the midfield for me. And um, that was to me the, the, the biggest doozy that I saw in the lineup when I first saw it. Yeah. I, when I saw the lineup, I, okay, I mean, I did not see a visa just starting, but I was like, eh, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I think he can still be a good keeper. I can, obviously nobody foresaw you know that you know coming today, uh, but I figured he was probably going to get you know you know a few games throughout the year. So I was like, oh, okay, well, a little earlier than I expected, but whatever. You know, right there, I think you know last week we kind of figured Olex was going to you know get a start somewhere up front. So again, that was wasn't too surprised. And uh, yeah, like Schneer was saying, I was a little you know surprised that was, you know Vignal's in for uh, Falk, you know in particular, just because. I mean, he's literally started every game you know, since Darren has been here you know, so far. So I was surprised that he was the one who made way uh, for Neil. Uh, in terms of formation, I thought when I saw it you know, just on paper, I was like, okay, well, we're, it seems like we're playing on having a lot more of the ball and doing a lot more attacking. You know, and maybe that must be the reason you know we're making this change. That way, we have another guy who's you know a lot more comfortable you know holding the ball, controlling the ball, you know, creating chances with the ball. We're, we must be looking to be able to you know, push play you know less on the counter and more in a possession style attack. I was wrong. We were all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first what 12, 15 minutes, it really did look like Rich was in the game. Um, there was a lot of pressure going on. You saw Alex, like he was giving Allen a lot of trouble out there. Um, there's a lot of times Alex would let the ball come into him, he would make a sharp turn, and he would put on the burners. He even had a shot on goal that you know, just went right past the goal. Um, but outside of that, like, right after that chance, it all went downhill quick. Like, yeah, like that first two, 15 minutes, they were doing, we were, he was doing a really good job high pressing. Like, I think Bolaños took the ball off of uh, a defender, you know, a couple times, you know, early on. You know, I think, you know, Emmy even, you know, got, Emmy got in there and you know, made a defensive contribution and, uh, you know, took the ball off somebody, you know, high up. So, I, I was feeling good those first you know ten or so minutes. I was like, okay, we're we're just going to be able to you know outclass and you know uh, you know out physical 
these guys, it's going to come. Yeah, it. I don't know what happened. It's like, I don't know if we spent up all the energy in the first 15 minutes because after that, it was like little holes started popping up when um, Fort Lauderdale just started just passing through us. And I, I, I'm pretty sure you guys are realizing this trend as well of our midfield will press up and then Fort Lauderdale will just make one, two passes and then they're in the middle of our midfield and on the break. And that's literally like how the first goal came about. It's like it was just a big a big gap in the middle of the midfield, and they just made a gap on it. I mean, just I mean, they took advantage of it. Yeah, basically, a, you're looking at a situation. I mean, we, there was a big alarm bell early on uh, uh, where uh, Luke Pavone kind of saved us on, on it, where Terzaghi goes in to press high and literally on the screen he's the only red jersey in the shot as he's chasing the back line to try and win the ball. And they just pass the ball around him and pick one long to Evans. And Evans is in behind. And Luke Pavone just chases him down and hooks up around him to get the tackle in. But that was a big, 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 big alarm bell. Went that, and that is what happens when only one person presses. And it creates that, it created that domino effect afterwards once they got past, past um once they got past uh Terzaghi, then you have another player getting pulled out of position and another and an, another and another until they just got themselves with that long ball over to Evans. Yeah that's that's very much true. I mean let's we gotta do it. Let's go ahead and break down this uh first goal <laughs> about how this all happened. I mean Literally, everything went right for the most part. I mean, Zaka got it. He tried. He had like a half clearance at it. Avon had a half clearance. Chrysler had a half clearance. And then there's like a fumble shot on goal. It looked like a very comfortable save. Like Aviza dives, dives properly. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it like bumbles out his chest, hits his feet. And there's the four lot of that striker put it into the back of the net. And I'm not gonna lie, I was cussing up a storm. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, yo, you have to like at that moment, man, you gotta be able just to have like that secure chance to make the back line that even feel as if like all right, the guy behind us is just as good as Akira. Like I don't know if you thought he was playing for Richmond or you back for for O C B, but it wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, uh Definitely uh, seemed to still have the stink of OCB on him here right then. Uh, so but, I mean, there, there's no way around you know, saying it. That that one is you know, pretty much all on Aziza. Uh, I, I will say, you know, I, you, you're right. You know, Zach, you know, came back. He was able to kind of poke away a little bit. You know, you know, Ivan was in there. He was able to you know, you know, do a little bit of work, but. You know, just the numbers you know coming up. What I noticed, you know, watching the replays is that Monty's nowhere to be seen and was really slow getting back to help. And that was coming down, you know, our left side. Uh, you know, and uh, Vignal's also, you know, is you know kind of a little bit slow, you know, getting back. So normally we have Victor in that spot who is really good at cleaning up, you know, just a lot of mess and a lot of garbage, and you know, he wasn't there. So while you know. 
other guys you know, did what they could with it. There was still an extra guy you know, out there where the ball popped out to initially for the first shot. And, you know, again, good, good initial save, terrible rebound. Uh, and then, yeah, the easiest happens right after that. So team effort, but obviously when you spill it like that, uh, the goalkeeper is always going to take you know, the overwhelming brunt of the blame and you should. Yeah. And I mean, also like, look, we all love Luke on this podcast. Luke is a, is a hometown favorite. But we also know Luke's limitations. I mean, you know, Matt, we were all talking about it before this. Luke pretty much left the guy on side. Um, so, I mean, we'll go ahead and talk about it now. What is it going on with Luke at that right-back position? I mean, granted, he did play a lot of center forward like that for his last year. The year before that, he played a lot of fullback. But the mental errors, I mean, two of his best defensive play in this game, the slide tackles, came off of him creating mistakes you know what what is it going on with Luke at that position I mean I think it's just an issue of lack of preparedness I mean he mentally a lot of times when you go into a season and you have a role um mentally as a player you you dive into that role. You 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 get yourself in a situation where that role is what your mind is set to. And if something changes, to make that role have to change drastically at any given moment in the season without any warning, it's really tricky for you to recalibrate your mind. So at this stage, with the uh, with all of the fullbacks that we had, I really feel like for both was literally going to be a utility player all around the field. And I think he mentally was preparing himself for that through preseason, through, you know, the beginning, the first game. And all of a sudden for it to change to you're the starting right back. It, it's, it's, a, it's very jarring. And I think what we're seeing right now is a Luke Pavone taking – a long time to recalibrate himself. Um, it's it's a lot harder and takes a lot longer than one may think to do that, especially when you your role has completely changed. So I I I wouldn't say it's an issue of we need to be patient. I think this is another situation just like last year where an injury has completely derailed something with regards to the plan yeah. for the team. And Luke yeah. Pavone is first. Is is it on the front line of re, of the reception of that derailment? Yeah, I think a little bit of it is you know, you're right. He, I mean, he's he's been training at right back, but he's clearly not you know na- natural right back. You know, whatever that you know, really means you know, anymore anyway. Uh, so I, what I'm seeing is I think he's actually getting burned when he's speaking too much to. Like, you know, we saw today, you know, when he's making the instinctual, oh, crap, I just got to hustle and get back and make a slide tackle and clean this up, he can do that well, right? You know, when he's just having to react to things, uh, he can do that. But I think when he's you know, trying to, you know, make sure he's tracking the runner, when he's trying to make sure that, you know, he's not letting somebody you know, back behind him, you know, something else, you know, ends up missing as a result, you know, of it, uh, you know, so... 
I don't think that's something that's really going to be able to be fixed right away. I think we need to hope that, uh, you know, Calvo, who's, you know, with, you know, the team now, you know, he's going to be able to get max fit sooner rather than later. I need to hope that Javante will be back soon. You know, I don't know. I don't know what Ian's status is. You know, I don't know if I can donate, you know, uh, you know, he needs some more, you know, 38-year-old you know, knee ligaments or anything like that. Uh, I'm happy to you know, give them to him if that's going to help him get back you know, sooner. Uh, I don't know how good those ligaments would be. Uh, anymore, but Shadir, uh, you're the fittest one on the podcast. Donate your ACLs. You're not using them. Oh uh, no, I'm using them at work now, and I don't know if he wants mine anymore. <laughs> For the team, man, come on. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how far the Luke Pavone right back experiment can really take this team. Yeah, very much so. I mean. Like you said earlier before we started recording, Matt, um, Luke is a player that for 20 minutes hurt, he's amazing. He's great. He's a utility man. But for 90 minutes over multiple games, you can kind of see the shortcomings in Luke's game. Um, we saw that definitely today where they pretty much just swift, shifted Edwards out onto his side. And they told Edwards, like, go at him and make him think and make him have to make the decision of either covering you or covering over lap over uh, lapping fullback, and you know we we saw that a lot. But the rest of the first half, man, it just looked like Richmond was devoid of ideas. It, you know, I can't really think of a really positive moment um, after the goal came in the twentieth. Um, maybe that's just the anger <laughs> blocking it out for me. But it, it didn't feel like any other uh, big moments happened before halftime. Any thoughts on the rest of the first half for you guys? I think there was one other you know decent moment. That we had. Uh, I don't think you know surprised to anyone who would actually be spending their time listening to this. It came when Emiliano Terzaghi actually got on the ball, and you, know, you think back to that goal he scored you know, last year against them, and that you know, you know beautiful goal you know from uh, kind of the side of the 18. You know, it almost looked like he was trying to pull that off. You know, again, obviously not quite the same turn, but he you know, really ripped the ball from about the same spot. You know, put it on target. You know, made the keeper make a save. Uh, in retrospect, probably should. You know, notice that the keeper did not make that clean, uh, save very cleanly at all. You know, foreshadowing for the, you know, the future. Uh, but you know, he took that you know, rip you know on it. And the only other moment you know I could really even recall from the you know latter portion of the first half is he had that free kick uh, that he put way over the goal. Uh, but we were able to draw a foul you know about 25 yards out you know, dead center or so. But yeah, the good things you know surprise surprise tended to happen when he was on the ball closer to the goal than farther away from the goal. Yeah. yeah we got to work on that. I'm pretty sure Darren is thinking of something to try to get him closer to the goal because right now it's not looking like it. And, you know, before we get into the second half, man, like, I know Hernandez's nickname is El Tonke, but homeboy right now looking like a Ford Pinto. Like, I'm not seeing anything from him. Like, not a shot on goal, not an attempted shot on goal. He has an assist in his name, but that was a mistake because Bologna just took the ball off of him. Last three games, I have not seen anything that has convinced me that he should be starting right now. Am I reading too much into it? What what do you guys think about it? No, I I agree with you. I I haven't seen – I don't know if it's taken him a while to get get into things, but even in our 3-0 win against New England Revolution 2, I did not see – enough of 
Gonzalez to really feel like, okay, he is our cemented center forward. He is our number nine. He's our, he's our hold-up guy. I, I think his hold-up play is lacking, and because it's lacking, his lack of pace is getting exposed. The fact that he, he I'm sorry, but he has no pace whatsoever. Um, from what we've seen, it, you described it best before we started this point. He looks like he got a 50-pound weight on his back when he's running. And if you're not going to hold up play well, if you're not, not going to be that big, solid, commanding center forward that will hold up play well, you've got to have, have pace. I mean, it's one or the other. You cannot, you can't have neither. <laughs> and at this at this situation, I'm I'm not really seeing enough from him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most definitely, he just doesn't. And I'm not saying Hernandez is a bad player. He just, it just looks devoid of the place. I mean, we had Alex in the middle or Stanley. It, it looked a little bit more free or a little bit more looser, but and also the formation does not help him out any time because when he does get the balls at his feet. By the time he does and looking to lay it off and get make that move into the box, he's swarmed by four or five guys, and by that time he can't really do anything. I mean, yeah. So I'm going to take a little bit of different you know, tack on this than the two of you. So a, I guarantee if we go back and listen to what we recorded after the New England game, we were pretty happy with him. You know, after that game, so I think yeah. there's a little bit of revisionist history, you know, right there. Uh, but I do think that you know the way with the shape that you know, we've been rolling out there the last two games. I don't know if that really fits him, you know, quite well because, yeah, he, uh, I, I think he's El Tonke just because of you know, his size more than his build rather than actually being like a battering ram or anything. Uh, but, you know, you look at it, okay, he's basically playing like a, kind of a, a post-up center forward kind of position, right? You know, and, okay, that, that makes sense. You got your big forward up there, you know, let him play, you know, back to goal and everything. Great. You know, he can probably be able to, you know, fight some of that, but he ends up so isolated with the way we have the team set up right now because Bolaños and either Bolduc or, you know, Bolex, whoever is out there on the right, they're playing really wide most of the time. They're, you know, almost right there on the touchline most of the time. So who's he's gonna, you know, knock the ball down to? Emmy? Emmy isn't right up there, you know, close to him. Let's think about the you know the Kind of one shining, you know, Hernan Gonzalez moment so far through three games. It's when he brought down, you know, that long ball from Victor Falk in the New England game, and yeah, I don't think he really passed it to Bolanos. Bolanos was tucked in right there, you know, on him where he was still able to essentially take the ball off his foot and be able to make a positive play off of something that Hernan did. Right now, you know, how often do we see it where it's him and there's almost no other kicker in the shot on the screen? You know, so I think he. You know, yes, he needs to do better. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. I don't think he'd argue that either. But I think a little bit of it is how you know, the team is set up at the moment isn't really conducive to his skill set right now. Yeah, you're probably yeah, right. I, it's also me talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I want agree. goals. And, and one thing I, one thing I do notice is that he he there there's a running theme here with single players being isolated and with you a formation of 4-1-4-1. Four, one, four, one. All the ones are seriously and alarmingly isolated on, on the field. Um, Moran and 
Gonzalez are both were both throughout the entire game desperately isolated. Um, and Gonzalez up front, I mean, at the end of the day, he doesn't have pace and he's being swarmed. There is no use. He, he, ha- he cannot provide anything for you. Yes, he's going to hold up play, but one thing is, yes, I, I didn't see too much in terms of the hold up play today, but I don't feel that we would have seen a lot of it. I, I don't think Lukaku could have held up play in this situation because of the fact that he was so isolated and literally, like you said, Matt, every time the ball came to him and he, by the time he could even hope to pass the ball to someone because someone finally came within range, he swarmed. So, and we go to the same thing uh, further back with, um, with Moran. He's by himself in the midfield and every time we're attacking or defending, he has to do the job of three or four people people and it's not it's it was not a good setup at all for either one either our defensive midfielder or our center forward yeah all right so we're just gonna move past the first half we're just gonna go straight to the second half i mean there was an early chance on goal that i felt like it was right around the 55th 58th minute I, I swear it was it was Ibi again. Oh, there was one, one in like the first two minutes and a half. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Like right near the corner yeah, where yeah. Ibi just literally just shoots it, and I'm still I'm still trying to figure out like how this ball does not go in the back of the net. But then after that, it's like after we had that chance, it was like for a lot of it just took over possession again, and I don't know. It, I'm seeing this theme out of Richmond where. If we can't get the long ball to work, like if the long ball option isn't there, then we try to go for the short ball. But that doesn't work if you can't complete a simple five-yard pass and try to possess the ball up the field. And you would think with Neil and Emmy on the field, two of our better, like, yeah, two of our better, like, ball controllers, you would think, like, a lot of these balls would just be sharper. In three games, it hasn't felt sharp. Yeah, it hasn't felt sharp at all, and we lost a lot of possession. So one of the things that I, I've sort of come to believe over the last you know couple of weeks, especially, I think this team is set up really well to play from ahead, and it's not necessarily built to chase a game and play from behind very much. Because you know, even in the New England game, we were you know playing a you know very you know very effective counterattacking you know kind of system. You can. And yeah, you can do that, you know, no matter what. But I think it's going to be usually a lot more effective if the other team is having to push forward, if the other team is having to you know, try to you know, find a goal themselves. Because then we can you know, send Bolani, we can send Anderson, we can send Bolduc, we can send whoever is up there just you know to be able to you know, burn at them and be able to you know, you know exploit space in those scenarios. But if we're down, the other team can just sit back, and when they're sitting back, it looks like there's been you know, no ideas of you know, what to do. It's you know still okay. Well, let's still try to you know kick it out wide to Bolanos and see if you can dribble four guys and you know get something to happen. Luckily, kind of did happen you know later on today. But I don't think that's the necessarily a uh, sustainable strategy. Yeah, no, nah, it doesn't look like a sustainable strategy. I mean, that was one of my talking points coming in this year about we need to have like a plan 
C, D, E after plan A and plan B doesn't work. And right now, I feel like the team is kind of struggling for that. Um, but we did have a happy moment, <laughs> someone in the game, where Neil shot on goal, kind of crept past the goalkeeper, and he was just like, I'm just going to kind of push this out. Like, I don't know what was going on with the goalkeepers in this game, but Neil gets his first goal. We're claiming it here on River City 93. And that's his first goal for the Richmond Kickers. I'm taking it. But it does happen after we had the substitutes come on. I mean, Flat kind of recycles his ball, just pushes right back into Neil, who, you know, without a second thought, takes a shot. It looked like a weak shot, but it goes in back in the net. Yeah. I think shoot this, this all starts from uh, uh, Bolanos out on the left. Um, somehow manages to squeeze between two players. You know, side foots, sidesteps another one, and then then he gets that pass out to foul um, to avoid another defender. So I mean, I do feel that this goal, Bolanos really, really had played a big part in this. Yes, Falk looks up, and then Niels is right there in the space and 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 receives the pass and takes a shot. And yeah, I mean, you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You know, it's a, a, they gave him the space to take it. Why not take it? And the goalie messes up. I mean, that's just a fluke from the goalkeeper. It happens. I, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I'm, I, I'm not going to put too much on. I wouldn't. I wasn't going to put too much on the goalkeeper until he did almost the same thing again later on. But it, it was a it was a small light of hope in that moment, and to see it. Okay, now we're tied one one. What can we do to clean things up? to try and 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 create better chances and it didn't come and it and again it was from that same situation of our two midfielders being in no man's land and not being able to affect attack or defense effectively. Yeah, I mean I, I do appreciate uh Zamudio, you know, pulling out his uh Rob Green fan card uh you know during the game you know today. Uh I was at that game and you know, had no idea the ball had really gone in the first just like this, where I was like, wait, did that, did that really go into that really, you know, you know, happen? Same sort of reaction, a li- li- little different setting, uh, of course. But, yeah, you know, like Schneer said, you, know, you miss all the shots you don't take. And as you know, we've you know, seen many times, you know, in soccer, balls can take weird balances. Balls can, you know, just randomly go through goalkeepers for no good reason. You know, whatsoever you know so you, sometimes you have to take you know that you know, shot it might it might not be the you know you know analytics you know xg you know preferred shot or whatever but also if you show the willingness to take that shot from 25 yards out eventually the you know defenders are going to you know step out a little bit further from you and that might open up a little more space for you know somebody to kind of slip in behind be able to make you know a run into the box and you get a look that way so uh even if that shot is safe, I don't mind him taking that. Yeah, not at all. And I mean, even after that chance, so after we scored that goal, it's kind of like the Richmond kickers kind of found their footing. I mean, granted, it's late, but they kind of found their footing because from then on, um, Chris Cole, who just came in for Monty, who got hurt, we're wishing him the best. Um, he has a dangerous shot of goal. They slips past the goalkeeper. No one can really get there. Nils tried to get there, but he wasn't getting there quick enough. And that guy that gets shut out in the Middle Islands with the header, 
two chances right there. You scored those two goals. You're kind of on top of Fort. Uh, I'm about to say Fort Madison. You're on top of Fort Lauderdale. The momentum is swinging your way. Those two chances don't go in. Then we get to the 84th minute where. Oh, I I was ready to flip a table. I was ready to flip a table. Um, comes to a corner kick, and this is one of the things that irritates me as most as a soccer coach is put a man on the post. If your goalkeeper is going to come out and try to be big boy and grab the ball in the air or try to like defend that six yard box, put a man on the back and front post. And right before the play, you can see, like, there's a player on that back post. Now, when the ball is kicked, he runs up, and everyone's like, oh, snap, he's there. And Chris Cole draws back to uh, where the other where Fort Lauderdale striker was. And I, once again, I can't say if – because if he's a, he, he played games last year, he's not a new goalkeeper. I mean, he's new to Richmond, but he's not, like, brand new. Like, this isn't his first ever game. You got to be more dominant in your box, and you have to, you know, yell kind of at your defenders, like, "Hey, you gotta, gotta recognize the moment and realize that, hey, Chris Cole just came on the field. He's new. He's kind of like bright eyed right now. Hey, step out to him, kind of shut down the, close down the space, and don't just give him a free shot on goal. And he, none of that happens. He just gets five told for the goal. I, am I missing something here, guys? Like. I mean, what at, was at this, this point? At this point, right now, it it's a situation of first of all, not a single person touched the ball before it gets to to um, Hundal. Uh, what was the player's name? Hundal. Uh, when it gets to Hundal, not not a single player touched the ball. So that ball was at perfect heading height. So why is if a Fort Lauderdale player isn't contesting that ball? Why is one, a Richmond kicker defender not contesting that ball? So at the end of the day, yes, the goalkeeper gets gets exposed on the shot, but I do feel that the entire defense let him down by allowing that ball to literally bounce through. Because when a ball bounces through, that to me is you 14 and lower travel soccer or rec soccer. The ball should never bounce off of a corner kick. A head, foot, something should get on it to either put it in the back of the net or clear it out. That's that's what happens when a ball goes in from a corner kick. In this situation, bounces right past. Hundal has time to settle the ball, bring it down, and slot the ball between our goalkeeper's legs. Yeah, the, the, not the a single able to, kicker's player step to him. Or he's able to you know chest the ball down and bring the ball down. And then you know, take the shot. That's a far you know worse offense you know, to me than even you know, a visa you know, getting Meg or whatever happened to him you know, right there. Like you know, how does the guy you know still you know either inside the six or just outside of you know the six you know, have that much time you know off of directly off of a corner kick field to you know do that? If he hits it first time, okay, he still shouldn't be that open, but you know more power to him you know than if he you know hits it first time like that, but that's way too much you know, time. You know, somebody lost a mark somewhere. Somebody, uh, you know, never had a mark there. So, something went terribly wrong in that you know, moment. And yeah, I mean, it gave me a little bit of flashbacks, uh, you know, to that 
very first Lansing game, uh, you know, when uh, almost the same sort of thing you know, happened. I don't remember who scored on it, but yeah, you know, somehow you know, very sharp angle. You know, somehow got through Akira. You know, we don't we don't need to talk about the rest of that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't want to put all the blame on the kid of these. I mean, granted, he came from OCB, so maybe he's still trying to work on that bad juju in him. But this was not a good debut for him. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's feeling kind of bad about it, but it just wasn't a good debut for him um, in this game. I, the rest of the game, nothing else really happened. I think even at one point, I think at the 90 bit when they announced there was eight minutes of extra time, I was like, I'm going upstairs to get ready to record because I I just can't watch this anymore. It, it's just feel like we were going to get back into it, man. I mean, Darren substitutes today. I, I think he got the substitutes. Not right, um, to be honest. I I mean, Emmy was kind of a creator on the field. I, I can understand why you left Neil on, because um, Emmy got replaced with Flock. You might want to start with that midfield. Okay, that's fine. But then to take Neil off after he just scored, he didn't look injured. He didn't look like he was gassed. Oh, Alex, the one, matter of fact, he looked like he was shot. He couldn't move because um, his leg looked all bandaged up. <laughs> and he was ready to score the header with the shin guard in his right hand. And then we kind of went to this empty bucket of Zaka, Flop, um, Bulldog, Bologna's out on the wings, and then Stanley and Alex up top. And once that happened, Fort Lauderdale was just like, okay, we're just going to run through this. So, what are we going to do? You know? Yeah. yeah uh, I, I'd, to be honest with you, the, the two goals were howlers. Uh, well, I, I, I'd say the first goal was a howler. The second one, any professional you give that much time can do damage. So I wouldn't put all the blame on um, on our goalkeeper for that. Um, I do feel Abiza does have the potential to be good because he did he did have a potential save of the week save at the end there um, with uh, with that that ball. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's maddening sure. that he I makes that save, but not the others. Exactly. Makes zero yes. sense. Yes. Uh, it makes zero sense. I'm sorry if that was loud and listen. I mean, but, but that makes zero but sense. But I mean, here's the thing: the first, the first one, the first one, I feel is the big fault. The second one, I think it's a situation of don't give a good player that much time. Hands down. Now, when you have a player barreling towards you, you know who's wide open, like because that that pass that threw ball into space for him, there was no way a visa could come out and get to that before the striker. So he had to wait for the striker to take that touch. And I think his timing of coming off of his line once the striker took that touch to make himself big and to get a hand on it and knock it over rather than letting it go in, uh, I think showed signs of, you know, his timing and, 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 and goalkeeper skills. But it wasn't, it wasn't a good debut for him all in all. I wouldn't say it was a terrible debut, but it wasn't a very good one. I, I think it's fair to say closer to terrible than bad. Yeah, it, it was terrible. It was terrible. All right. Well, we got a quick ad break right now for you guys. 
Um, the Red Army needs your help. On April 8th, the volcano of La Safer erupted on the island of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. This resulted in up to 20,000 people being um, evacuated, infrastructure being damaged, leaving them without water or electricity. Gas, ashes, and tremors from the eruption continue to significantly hamper the evacuations and other humanitarian efforts. To provide aid to these affected, the Kickers players have started a GoFundMe that will go towards logistics and supplies to provide relief to those affected. Please donate to the GoFundMe. The link will be down in the description down below and help those out in need. So, as we always say, if you listen to us, support those in need. Um, like we say on every podcast, and if you ever listen to River City 93 or Can I Kick It, we always talk about um, giving flowers to people while they're here and a community in need is helping us, even though it might not be affecting you directly. Um, you know, show, show empathy and help those out of need. So the link is down below. Even if you can't help, share it to someone, share it on your Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and help those out in need. Um, so guys, we got a big game coming up May 8th um, against Tormenta. This is going to be interesting because Tormenta just beat FC Tucson 3-2-1. How are you guys feeling about this? Because the last time we saw Tormenta, they are pretty much the reason why we're out of the playoffs. Outside of Chattanooga, uh, yeah. but I play oh, Tormenta man. more. Nick, Nick <laughs> won that game for them let's let's just be clear uh but um i i do feel that we have potentially the players to put a hurting on tormenta but the question is always is darren gonna get the tactics right because i don't feel that today he did um i'm hoping that he makes some changes and um, to be honest with you, just adjustment to the formation, or I mean, just just in terms of the personnel, putting players in that can actually occupy that midfield, um, more than just one player trying to occupy that midfield, uh, and and hopefully be able to to use that midfield presence to shield some of our weaker links. Like for example, we were talking about Luke Pavone earlier. Uh, struggling a lot in this game and in the second half Fort Lauderdale recognizing that and exposing him as much as they did I don't feel he gets that exposed with a solid midfield that can actually put pressure on Fort Lauderdale's midfield players so tactics is key for Tormenta if we can get the tactics right to be able to occupy that midfield I think we stand a very good chance against Tormenta yeah, I watched the Tormenta Tucson game yesterday. Uh, Marco McLeod is a good player. I'm not overly sold on a lot of the rest of them. They're, they're still, you know, rolling out there. You know, put their center back, Josh Phelps, up at center forward and you know, let him be a battering ram you know, type technique. I mean, he ended up scoring, but that was more because Tucson decided, hey, we don't need to, you know, mark anybody, you know, inside the sticks for a good, you know, 10 seconds, you know, straight. Uh, so I, I feel like. Any of us could have probably scored the goal that he ended up scoring. And I'm not actually exaggerating on that one. Uh, Michelot is, you know, a good player. Uh, I, I still think he was, you know, the kind of, you know, he could have been a really good, you know, Riley Kraft replacement. I don't know, if, you know, we truly replaced, uh, you know, Riley on this roster, you know, quite yet. Uh, 
but I, I think I'm not going to say this is a must-win game yet because that's ridiculous to say, you know, for game four out of a 28-game season. But it's, you know, getting closer, you know, to that, you know, already. Uh, I think, you know, if the guys aren't, you know, ready to, you know, come out and run through, you know, a brick wall, you know, on this one after, you know, two games where they've pretty much shot themselves in the foot, I think there's going to be big questions around motivation. I think there's going to be big questions around, uh, you know, what's going on, you know, with the locker room at that point. Uh, because I, on pure talent, the kicker should be Tormenta at home. Period. You know, but pure talent doesn't always win, you know, either. As we, as I'll say, as I think we saw, you know, today, I don't think Fort Lauderdale, you know, necessarily had better players. I think they, you know, were able to exploit mashups. You know, instead, it might have, you know, maybe been a little more focused or had, you know, you know, more excitement about playing the game. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, big-ish game, you know, because I think there's a week off after that, and, you know, I think everybody would feel a lot better with six points you know, going into that than if we're still sitting on three or on four points after four games. Yeah. Um, well, one of the listener questions we got was, like, where's the panic button after you guys was going to win the 10? Um, for me personally right now, I'm not going to say I'm like at a – I'm not at a five, but I'm like at a three, four. I just think it's just – I, I want to see a better first half out of the team. I feel like second half we've been fine. Like, we've been lively. But just the first half, we got to just get into the game a lot better. And like the point you said, Matt, about this team wants to play in the front foot. They want to play with a you know, goal advantage. Well, in order to do that, you got to step up and be active in the first half. You can't just sit around and just wait and just, you know, have the other team score on you. So where are you guys at right now with the panic button? Let's go to 1-10. Mine's pretty low. I mean, like a 2 or something. It would be higher if I didn't. You know, A, I think that all three goals given up so far this year have been just massively self-inflicted wounds. Uh, yeah, I think that's a lot more fixable than anything else uh, for the most part. And B, I feel a lot worse if I was actually convinced that we had been, you know, outplayed in any of these games. Obviously, Greenville, you know, controlled, you know, a good portion of the uh, first half of that game. You want, if you want to make the argument that Greenville, you know, outplayed us, I, I can I'll listen to that you know, at the very least, uh, you know, but I don't think we were, you know, outclassed. I don't think we were outmatched. I don't think tonight this team was outclassed or outmatched. They've made a couple silly mistakes. They've, uh, you know, been able, you know, been hesitant to shoot or, you know, haven't you know, been able to, you know, find the right combination up front. But none of these games have I, you know, walked away thinking, Oh well, that team is just better, right? You can you know train, you can work on other things. You can't you know over. It's a lot harder to overcome just raw talent deficit most of the time. Yeah, that's, that's very true. What about you, Shane? Where are you at right now, man? Uh, me personally, I'm 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 with Matt. I'm not really hitting the panic button. Um, say I'm probably out of three. Um, it, it is. Alarming. I think the next game will let me know where I'm at with the panic button. If there is no change in terms of the the tactics, I do feel we've ran out of ideas when you hit the panic button. What's going on? Because even though there were signs that you know 
we're definitely player for player we're better than Fort Lauderdale. I do feel that because of that 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 tactical mishap, it really really cost us, and that will be with literally any team in this league, no matter how good our players are. If we don't get the tactics right, and the other team does get the tactics right, we're getting toast. So um, at this point right now, I just want to see what their reaction is going to be. What is the reaction going to be? Because to be honest with you, against Greenville, that was a much more even game. Um, I do feel that it was more blow for blow in terms of the play on the field. But in this game, I feel there was such a big deficiency in the midfield that it really cost us. It really allowed for a lot of mistakes to lead to the goals. So I'm looking for a reaction from Darren. But for right now, I'm not too worried. I'm disappointed, but I'm not too worried. Yeah. One other you know, little thing about you know, that was what you were saying with uh, you know, kind of the tactics in the midfield. You know, we talked about you know, we talked about this a couple of times. You write about okay, you know, Neil and Emmy, they're probably you know two of our best you know, holders of the ball, passers of the ball. You know, so you think that you know, having them together in the midfield would lead to you know higher possession rates. Yeah, I'm not a believer that you you need to have like you know like you know 2010 Barcelona you know levels of you know, possession to you know, be successful. I wouldn't mind you know seeing us you know tick above 40 percent you know every now and then you know on that though because it gets a little old after a while. I you know even if we're you know up to like 44 45. Yeah, it does it make a significant difference. Maybe not, but at least psychologically, that would help me with all this. Yeah, I think that would help everyone out. You know, when I sit in there, like, all right, we had our one attack a chance. Now we got to defend for five minutes. Yeah, it's not fun as a fan of being like <laughs> no. nail biting all the time. Um, we did have one listener question. Um, pretty much just asked about Chris Cole. You know, him coming in from Monty for this game, hoping that Monty's healthy. Do you think Chris Cole would get the start for the next game and putting Monty back in the right back spot? Do you, how do you guys feel about that? Monty's I don't right think we saw enough. Uh, I don't think we saw enough. I, I I think yes, Chris Cole had moment had great moments, um, especially that second chance that um, that that shot that he rifled at at the keeper, which he almost spilled into his own goal again. Um, I, I personally think that deserved more of a goal than Neil's shot, to be honest with you. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think we haven't really seen enough defensively because by the time Chris Cole came on, it was a lot of long ball, long ball, just hit and hope and, 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 and a lot of back to the wall defending scrambles where you can't really see somebody's defensive capabilities or just just in general positional capabilities as much as you would when the game is in full flow. So I haven't seen enough to really make a decision on that. I don't, I don't think Monty's a right back. I mean, think about it, three games. How many times have we seen him you know, even touch the ball with his right foot? You know, dude seems like, you know, you know classic left-footed, uh, stereotype player where the right foot's there to stand on, you know, and provide balance more than mm-hmm. anything else. So uh, he played right back I, in the first I, game, didn't he? 
Oh. No, him and Bologna were tearing up the left. Before Ian, I swear Ian got hurt on the left. Just on the left, left doesn't mean you, just because somebody ends up on the side for a little bit doesn't mean that they're playing that side. I swear I thought maybe I'm tripping. All right, <laughs> but, you, you 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 might be thinking of the you know quality USL graphics that you know have guys all over the place, you know that <laughs> aren't aren't really representative of what they really play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you might see somebody like switch, you know, as they're coming off a you know a set piece or something, just to be able to provide shape until they can you know, reset or something. But uh, yeah, I think Cole, yeah, fine. Yeah, I think you know you have to be hesitant. You know, you know, all right, somebody comes in for a good twenty minute you know debut of you know putting them you know on the pedestal right away because. And maybe they you know, haven't been scouted yet. Maybe they haven't. Uh, you know, maybe it was just you know, a situation where we were, you know, for the most part, chasing the game while you know he was in. Uh, so I'm not opposed to seeing him get more time. I don't know if I'm ready to see him start yet. Kind of like what you know was saying. It might be a little you know, too soon for that. But at the sub, okay. Uh, I think the other part of that question, you know, that was you know, sent in though was, uh, or would it make sense to you know, move to a Three in the back you know, system. All of this, presuming that uh, Monty is out for a little bit. I've been asking for this for the longest time since last year when we had Akwe, who oddly enough scored our own goal today, uh, Venter and Ivan. I would love to see it. I don't think Darren's going to do it though, because you had the opportunity today to go three in the back. Darren didn't do it, and I honestly I can't remember a single time where Darren ever went to a three in the back. So I don't think we're ever going to see the three in the back system. So I've started to kind of remove him from my train of thought of Darren and the systems. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's a fan of three in the back. Probably, I don't know. Uh, um, but. I do feel that we have the personnel to at least try that out and see how that would work. Um, I do feel that Luke Pavone would probably do a little bit better if he's playing as a wing back and doesn't have as much of the defensive responsibility. He might do better. So I don't know if maybe that would be an option for, for Darren to maybe try out for the first time to see if they can but I think it would probably have to be after this tor- Tormenta game to allow them two weeks to work that out because um, with the games coming thick and fast every week, you want to make sure you give yourself time to make that adjustment before you put it out onto the field. Yeah, I think for for me, I don't see it being a you know starting formation at all. I wouldn't have been opposed, you know, when uh, you know, Monty went out if they brought in uh, you know Alni. That I, I didn't even occur to me that they were going to put in Cole. I just feared he was there to make out the numbers, you know, today. So I was a little surprised when you know, he went in. Uh, but you know, I figured, okay, this could have been you know time you know for it to make sense. You know, put you know Audi in, move uh, you know Luke up. I have no idea what we would have done about the left wing back spot in that case. But that's not the point. Uh, you know, right now, uh, so I could see if, you know we needed to you know change something up, maybe to you know, chase the game a little bit more late. That could be, you know, a time for three in the back, but yeah, like you guys said, I would be stunned if we ever saw it, uh, you know, right from the you know, opening whistle. 
Terrence honest, listening to this podcast is going to do a three in the back in the first game. <laughs> Terrence, like, I'm going to show honest, those I guys think, I can do this. I think it would have it would have worked okay to if they had put in Ani. Um, maybe you put uh, Matt Balduk over on the left and push Luke up so that you have Matt and Luke playing as your wingbacks with your three in the back. I mean, maybe it would work. I mean, again, I do feel that Luke needs to be pushed up a little further. Um, I don't think he should be having as much of the defensive responsibilities. Uh, at least not right now. At least not fresh into, oh, you thought you were going to be a backup. You're starting now. So it's like when you drop that on his plate, you need to give him some time to to, to ease into that. So I think a full uh, wing back position would actually suit him better. Luke is like that part-time worker that walked into the job. And the guy was like, so how do you feel about being a manager? <laughs> Basically. Caught him up. Wait, what? I'm going to do it. So I, don't, I don't know any players that are going to be like, nah, I don't want to start. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything else, guys, before yeah, we wrap I, up? I saw a couple other questions you know, come through. Uh we, we hit a lot of them already, but I'll just read through them real fast. We can re-hit them real quick. Uh one of them you know, came through uh you know, why do you think Trizagi's in this new position? Uh, yeah, like we said, like he, he's pretty much is the the best uh, on the ball player that we have outside of Neil, so that's why I see why. But I think it's I kind of want him back in, in the striker hole. That that's where all ten of his goals came from. Right now, I'm not seeing the assist that I thought we were going to see. So put him back in the striker uh, hole for me. I don't know. I I don't feel that as granted. Yes, he won MVP, but as a team the kickers did not score nearly as many goals as they should have last season. And I think that is because Terzaghi is a player that likes to come back and get involved with the buildup. And when your striker comes back and gets involved with the buildup, there's no more outlet. And I feel that that's what Darren is thinking about and saying, all right, come back and get involved with the midfield so that we can actually have a striker up top. And so I, I, I do feel that him playing as a 10 is good. But you need the balance of Victor Falk in there. And I think having Neil on the field took that away. I've said my piece on this before. I I like Emmy as close to the goal as we can get him. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to repeat that once again in there. Uh, other other questions I saw, uh, you know, why did Darren you know, play Olix out on the wing? Any thoughts, guys? Uh, I think it just comes down to really just Matt didn't show up in the first two games. Like, it really, it really no production. Uh, oh, Alex, when he came on, I mean, granted, he scored a goal against Revs, too, and he kind of exposed Greenville's back line. So I guess Darren gave him a shot. Um, and her name was still kind of being written in this tournament on. It'll be interesting to see if, if we kind of go – let me ask this question to you guys. Do you think Darren might go to a false nine where you have a method of Neil, uh, Zaka, Flock, Emmy kind of playing that false nine, and Bolaños and O'Ali kind of playing, not like as a winger, but more as like left forward, right forward kind of thing? Do you think that might happen? 
I mean, I guess it could. Yeah, I think the complications of being, you know, we're playing with, you know, kind of a center forward. All right, I think, you know, Hernan, I think, has to be a center forward. I don't see him putting at another spot up there at all. Uh, Stanley, I think, is probably a center forward. You know, Emmy, I think we've established, or I'm just going to project out your my opinions onto you, that he's a center forward. You know, I think Oleks prefers to be a center forward. So we've got a lot of guys who kind of want to occupy the same space. So how do you how do you make that fit all together? I mean, it's good to have a lot of options, but sometimes too many options ends up you know, hurting too. I think in that situation, what you need to do is you need to get yourself into a set high up front three. And I do feel that uh, this team would do well maybe with a front three of Olex, Bolanos, and I don't know, Stanley would literally Terzaghi right behind them, creating and pulling the strings. And I, I do think that we can do more danger with something like that than rather pulling those wingers back a little bit, getting a midfield full or with, with another defensive midfielder in behind and then a, a solo striker up top. I think that creates too much complication with the attack. But if you have three players that want to be up front, playing up front with Terzaghi in behind them who wants to push up but still wants to be involved with the play, you're golden. Then we, ha- we get more goals. We get more goals throughout the season. All right. Uh, I think we hit this one already. Uh, does El Tanque have enough wheels to play up front? No. We've, uh, Next question. That. Like, to, yeah. like to see him uh, you know, pick, up, pick up another gear or two. Uh, and then uh, last question I saw, why did we sign an OCB keeper? <laughs> I, okay, look, in all fairness to the boy, he was probably the bright spot on that OCB team. And we kind of already mentioned that Richmond needed a backup goalkeeper, someone that can challenge but not necessarily start. It just so happened to be that he had an OCB moment. That's what we're going to call them from now on, is OCB moments. Yeah, I think plenty of good teams have picked up players from bad teams in the past and you know, made them into good players once they were surrounded by other good players. So goalkeeper, you know, Obviously, it's a position where you know, you get a lot of you know you can you look like the star uh, pretty easily, or you very very easily look like the chump. Unfortunately, you know, today it was the latter you know, for Austin Visa, uh, but I don't think they you know, bring him. I don't think they put him in in game three if they don't really believe that he has something you know, to provide. I mean, you think you know, back to the you know, previous years, you know, we didn't see Rice until we absolutely had to see Rice. We didn't see Johnson or Broomall, you know, at all, except for that half of a game where we absolutely had to see them last year because the cure literally couldn't go anymore. So I, I think that shows they have a little bit more confidence in him, and hopefully it was just a terrible first game. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it ended the way it did with that save. That might be a little bit of a bright spot in um, in the situation. Because you you, you got to think about it like if he's thinking about all of the mess ups, but his last action of the game is a save like that. You know, 
uh, we're, we're looking at a situation where he might he might be able to build on that, and next time he comes out, he might come out with a tiny bit more confidence because, like, yeah, I messed up, but I was able to make a save, you know. Yeah. At the same time, uh, I'm hoping we see Akira on Saturday. Oh yeah, me too. We want Akira back between the sticks. It's just so funny that we're talking about it, Visa. He just liked our tweet about he brought OCB to Richmond. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but he's, what, 24? Still a young kid. And the goalkeeper position is not like he's, like, you know, more experienced than that. But that is that. Anything else before we wrap up, guys? It's not, I know it's late, but anything else before we wrap up? Nah, I think I'm all good here. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you got, uh, got the opportunity, you know, uh, like Elliot said, you know, uh, hit up the you know, GoFundMe. Uh, I won't get into the personal politics of GoFundMe's in the first place, but, you know, Bulo's you know, great guy. Help him out if you can. You know, uh, you know, obviously that's far more important than any of this other stuff we've talked about today. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. definitely. Well, as always, listeners. If you want to reach out to the podcast, you can on Instagram and Twitter at RiverCity93. Um, go down, rate our podcast, give it a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And as always, guys, we'll catch you guys on the good side. I'll let you later. We'll catch you in the game Saturday.